Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone America's podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. Our evolution at Bridgestone to become a sustainable solutions company is heavily focused on delivering innovative, cutting-edge technology in our products, services, and solutions. But to do that, of course, our day-to-day ways of working need to evolve as well in an innovative, modern, and cutting-edge technology environment. We started that conversation about Bridgestone's IT digital transformation with CIO Taryn Rodebaugh back in 2022. Now we're gonna dig a little bit deeper with two large-scale enterprise digitalization initiatives that are impacting our teams in different ways. Today, we're joined by Bridie Sellers, Vice President and Everest ERP Lead for Bridgestone Americas, and Tom Corden, Chief Information Security Officer at BSAM, to explore how it's on each of us to evolve how we work Work to make Bridgestone safer and more efficient in an increasingly digital world. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined today in studio by a two teammates from our BSA IT team or in the digital realm. I guess Bridie's not entirely on the IT team, but we're talking an extension of our digital transformation at Bridgestone Americas. And we are joined across the table by Bridie Sellers, who is the vice president and Everest lead for Bridgestone Americas. We're going to find out what all that means. Thanks, Bridie. And we are joined here by Tom Corridan, Chief Information Security Officer for Bridgestone Americas. I think we might be talking about some cybersecurity with you, Tom. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Well, don't give it all away, the (laughs) excitement, before we dive in. Really happy to have you here because I think we've got a lot of these big topics of transformation at Bridgestone that we've been talking to teammates about. Some of these things have been top of mind for quite some time. Other things have been forced top of mind uh, in in recent months, uh, more so than they were before. But we talked to Taryn Rodebaugh, our CIO, about a year ago to start this conversation, and this is maybe a next step coming out of that. But before we get into this world of digital transformation, maybe a little bit about each of you, your career paths, your past experience. Uh, Bridie, let's go across the table and start with you. Where you been? How'd you get to here at Bridgestone? Uh, well, you know, funny, my career started as a ballet dancer for a professional ballet company, and now I'm leading a big IT transformation. Well, when I heard so. Everest lead, that's exactly what popped into my <laughs> head. So. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I have lots of plie questions oh, to go good. for. I've, yes. I have and answers. bar, all, everything, yeah. yes. Yes, point shoes. Yeah, so right out of high school, I um, decided to sort of chase my artistic passion for a couple of years and then realized quickly that I didn't want to be broke and starving and injured for the rest of my life. <laughs> So graduated undergrad with an accounting degree, went on to get my MBA, and then had about a 15-year career all in finance, but supporting different industries, different businesses. It was really cool to be in a functional area that you could just take to any company or, or any business, and it really translated. So started off with Praxair Distribution in the Midwest, went on to Wells Fargo Financial right before the subprime mortgage crisis. So that was an interesting time. Moved over to DuPont Pioneer, a big agricultural production and ag uh, biotech research company. And then Bridgestone recruited me. So I actually started with Firestone Ag in Des Moines, Iowa as their finance director, moved to Nashville almost six years ago to support TBR and retread business, and then really decided to kind of expand my experience and take a step out of finance. So I got the opportunity to lead the master core project, so a big OTR mining innovation, did a few other projects during that time, and then actually launched Firestone Direct. Oh. Um, so launched a business in 90 days during COVID uh, with teammates that were completely working on teams. In the middle of that, Amazon reached out to me. I had a really, really interesting opportunity in the last mile space to stand up brand new programs, both in safety tech and compliance. 
after insisting I had no experience to do that, they said, we still want you. And I thought I couldn't pass up that opportunity to go look at a company like Amazon and kind of see behind the curtain. I was there almost two years, set up a compliance program for the vehicles, rolled out a bunch of new safety tech in the vans, built a global expansion team for uh, expanding the fleet across the globe. I was also responsible for the Rivian electric vehicle launch, uh, the program management of that, and had some product teams under me as well. So grew the team from three to 30 in about 18 months, which was like an experience. That's a snap of an eye. Yeah, Yeah. experience you just don't get a whole lot of other places. Uh, And then the fabulous Susie Long called me up and said, (laughs) We need somebody to lead this project. And I said, sounds hard. I'll do it. There you go. Susie Long is a VP of Talent and Culture, I think is yep. the title here, but definitely within the, the HR team at British Americas. I did want to clarify, so I said not IT. Where does the Everest team live then in the organization? Yeah, so we actually roll up into the finance organization. Okay. So, you know, the first release was a central finance release. So it was completely finance driven. So it made sense gotcha. that it rolled up into the finance function. But as it's grown, we literally touch every functional area and, and they just left us there. Yeah. Well, Tom, it was great to have you, but we're going to talk about yeah. Nutcracker and Swan Lake from here forward. I uh, just have a lot of questions to explore. No, but... um. You also started in ballet? I did, yes. Fantastic. You stole stole my joke. That's what I was going to start with. I'm sorry. Two minds, man. Why didn't you have me go first? Mine is so much boring compared. Oh, stop. The the original Bridgestone company players uh, over here. But what's you've been around a couple of different places with Bridgestone, but what's been your journey, Tom? Yeah, so I've been with Bridgestone a little over 16 years. Uh, Started in BSRO, so really got to be ingrained with the business and a lifelong Chicagoan. This is my plug for Portillo's to Nashville. There you go. But really, Everything else is expanding. Yeah, Bring it on. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I learned a lot about the business and what really matters, where the bottom line is, is realized where the tip of the spear with the customer is. So really valued my 10 years in Chicago with, with BSRO. Uh, moved to Nashville right around the same time as Bridie about six years ago. Took on a number of different seats in IT throughout the Five years, and last year I happened to land in one of the hotter seats in IT, and uh, from there it's just been a, a ton of fun every day. A literal and figurative sense in a lot of different ways, right? For cybersecurity, uh, information security, and we've got a lot to talk about there. I do want to set some ground understanding of terminologies. So, Bridie, as we get into this larger conversation, I think even in maybe some of Tom's areas, ERP will be a term that comes up. So, um, actually, yeah. it's not an acronym; it's pronounced ERP. ERP is this? This is this. Is <laughs> A ri- no, that's Sorry. some learn. Let me make some notes to myself. ERP, uh, what is ERP? What is Everest ERP as a project? I guess that teammates would have heard before. Sure. So ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning, which mm-hmm. to me isn't really what it is. Um, Super yes. dynamic so, and exciting. Yeah. So, you know, if I asked you, what is the one thing that you use to manage your entire life? Mm-hmm. What, what would you say? My phone? Exactly. Oh, God. Right? Yeah, all right. So nice. it's one got, for one. Good job, Keith. I can do anything I need to do in life on my phone, right? Yeah, it's got terrifying my, to just think about that out yeah. loud. Okay, let's continue, though. Yeah. So, you're right, I've got my travel apps. I've got my kids' sports apps. I've got my ca- calendar. I've got email. I've got everything I need in my hand. And if I didn't, right, I'd have to go to Delta's website and I'd have to go to my bank website and you'd have to go to all these places. And I think that's really the best way to explain ERP. It's all the tools that we need to run our business. And what we're rolling out with Everest ERP is S4 HANA as the core of the solution, but also a suite of other tools and solutions that are integrated into that platform, which will allow us to do you know, anything from pricing to manufacturing to closing our financial books, you name it, 
if there's a process that a system needs to touch, it's part of the ERP gotcha. project. So like that would people may hear S4 Han. So that is like the technical infrastructure that all of this other stuff then plugs into, right? So yep. it is the backbone, if you will. Absolutely. Digitally. And it, you just okay. plug it in. It's that simple. Fantastic. I've, I have a, we're going to have a real problem over the next 25 or so minutes because we're going to have some real fun with sarcasm and directness here. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love it though. This is, this is going to be fantastic. All right. So ERP, we've established a little bit. Again, base setting a little bit. Cybersecurity is a term, Tom, that I think some people are generally familiar with. You know, password proliferation is everywhere in the world. We talk about managing our lives from our phones. Everything is behind a password or identification to some degree. And people take care of it in their personal lives because it's their finances, it's their personal data uh, and information. But it's just as important in the company sense because of everything that Bridgestone then has to protect, including everybody's individual company data. So I guess, how has it though become evolutionarily more more important, the aspect of data security maybe over the last 10 years, but even then in the last two to three? Yeah, I would say- A big question, I'm sorry. It is, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, just the digitization of everything, really making everything more online, just like Bridie's analogy with the phone, all of our enterprise data in one space um, no longer, you know, manual paper processes. And so making it a much easier digital target has certainly increased cybersecurity. And that's not just for Bridgestone, that's in the whole world. Yeah. It's all over, all over the news, all over geopolitical issues where companies, countries, nation states are under attack for data. Data is the value, data in ERP systems, data in any system in Bridgestone. I think certainly it's an intimidating word and some people can get intimidated by it. But I, my goal is to really personalize it, just like you think about how you protect your phone and, and how you genuinely set a password with biometrics. How are you protecting company data? That's a really important message we're, we're working on very hard. And so we talked about this a little bit, like I mentioned with Taryn, a Rotobar CIO last year. And her thing was, as we, the digitization is everywhere and it's happening and it's the journey we're on at Bridgestone. And there are things that are maybe somewhat dependent of you have to do one thing before the other, but you also just can't wait for everything to happen one at a time. It's a lot of work streams at once. So in my mind, that's why I thought maybe it made sense to address these two topics together. They're both big ticket items, both big initiatives that we need teammates to understand. And they're both about that digitization realm. And the, the one phrase that stood out to me is that both really lean into the way that we work at Bridgestone must evolve, right? But I think then maybe it means slightly different things in each of your senses, but at the same time, a connecting general concept. So I guess my question as we then shift off the ground to the second step is when we say in Bridey, your area, the way we work must evolve, what does that mean for Everest ERP? Yeah, so first I would like to thank Tom for the 16-digit password. Um, <laughs> because actually- and there is a reason for it, right? But, but, but once I got creative with phrases, I now like crack myself up every time I log into my computer. because It's I've, intended I've had, to bring a smile to your yes, face. I, I'm having fun with it and I really appreciate that. So. Keith is awesome, hashtag one. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that is, that's my old password. It's now hashtag two, everybody, but yeah. anyway. That's um, mine too. That's weird. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, so when we think about the way we work, the ERP project is not just an IT project, right? That's why we are, you know, sitting within the business. It is truly transforming the way that we work, how we standardize and harmonize our processes, 
using technology to enable that efficiency. You know, what you'll see as you look across BSAM is everybody does things a different way. And that makes it really hard to port talent, right, across the organization. And we think about we really want well-rounded leaders uh, moving through the organization that have touched a lot of parts of it. And they have to learn something completely new every time they switch business units. And that's certainly challenging from a cost and efficiency perspective. Uh, you know, also good to standardize those processes. We have a lot of manual processes. We are running our business on spreadsheets. That's not stable. It's not effective. It's not accurate. It's not secure. It's not secure. <laughs> and then we also, you know, have a lot of sort of individual silos of knowledge. So, you know, we have somebody leave and we're like, nobody else knows how to do that. And that person was doing it for 20 years. And so as we evolve the way we work, it, it's using the ERP project to really, really standardize how we work across BSAM to make sure that we are documenting that, that we have training, but that we're really driving efficiency as well. Like if it's not value added work, right? Doing a physical count every week because my system can't give me my inventory, not efficient. Those people are smart and talented and can be doing things that are way more strategic. And, you know, so just really being open to that change is a message that our teammates need to hear because at some point, Every part of the business will go through this. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty clear why, right? Why why are we doing this? Well, let me give you the list of reasons that we need to in that simplified way. The same thing with Tom is why do I need a 16-digit password? Why are you changing the way that I need to work? But what does, I guess, if the first question is, what does we need to change the way we work mean for you in cybersecurity? Yeah, I think in, in technology, we think of things in terms of people, process, and technology. But I really do think that when it comes to cybersecurity or ERP, really, and we think about the way we change, the way we work, it comes down to people. And it comes down to we are the way that we work has changed. The data lives somewhere different. We're working from different places. We have to secure it differently. And so much of that depends upon the individual teammate and their just awareness their their willingness to say something when they see something, their ownership of cybersecurity is is really important. And I think that's that's really the big shift in how the way we work relates to cybersecurity. Yeah. And I, I love that you kind of set me up. I try to plug the other topics that we've talked about on the podcast. We recently did a series of episodes from CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. One of the guests was Eric Shenyo from Microsoft, who's worked at a variety of you know digital transformation activities. And that was his thing is it's about the people. It's like 5% technology at the end of the day, because there's a bunch of good tech out there, but getting the people to understand why and to get them to understand their role in it all and to embrace the need to change and then take the action. But that's like half your battle, right? Like it we is. talk about the 16-digit password, two-factor authentication. We talk about confirming identity. You know, there's a need for that in the current world because everybody's mobile data is accessible from anywhere, but then people have password fatigue and they have 20 different passwords for 80 different sites. And But how do you talk to people then, I guess, about the role that they play and why they need to be bought into having uh, participation in that role? I try to make it personal, try to make yeah. it about just the analogy like your own personal phone. Your security, your cybersecurity needs to be personal. You need to think about it in terms of your home life and your work life and think about it in the same way as much as possible. I know it's a drag. I know that so many of those things are cumbersome, but they are a necessity. The technology is always evolving for the good and the bad. So the threat actor has always got the latest and greatest technology. But the good news is, is so is a good guy. We're always looking at 
what ways we can make it more efficient. How do we use biometrics? How do we go away from passwords? That will be the promised land <laughs> when we don't have to remember 20 different passwords and there's a different, better way to authenticate our identities. Yeah. And I think we've been open in different ways. Paulo has mentioned it on this podcast before. We did have a cyber attack uh, about a year ago. It was in March-ish of 2022 a huge setback, but what Bridie was talking about, right? These very manual processes, older systems that don't talk to each other, something like that happens, it becomes an enormously significant impact on day-to-day -day operations, ultimately the business as a whole. And Paolo would talk though about how there's nothing good that ultimately comes out of that other than embracing the opportunity to make things better to defend in the future. And we've we started to take that, but part of that is also the awareness that teammates need to have that we're only really as good as the three of us buying in and everybody else buying into the accountability too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a, it was a great lesson um, in just how impactful something like that can be. But it was really about the people and their dedication. And we really saw just the passion and their, their genuine love for the company as, as to how much time and effort they put into it. But I think everybody walked away with a really, really strong, good lesson learned. A better understanding yes. of the need for this. The accountability is a term he used here. I think I've seen that mentioned around ERP as well. Bridie, what is that, I guess, accountability aspect that connects to what you're going to need from teammates or what we all need from each other to be part of this journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's really exciting about this project is it's Bridgestone teammates that are building this, mm -hmm. right? Um, we are working with Accenture, our, a consulting partner, you know, that helps us with the methodology and, and to train our team, you know, new skills to, to be these product owners and product managers. But we're truly working with every functional area of the business to define what those requirements are, what are the design features, what are all the things you need these systems and tools to do for you. So it's a homegrown tool. And every person that we work with needs to take the accountability to be thinking in an innovative manner, right? We don't want to just replicate the systems that we have today. We want it to be better and we want it to be more efficient and we do want to be standardized and simplified. So that's where I think the accountability really is, is hold to that vision of simplicity and standardization and, and really drive for excellence in how we run our business moving forward. Yeah. I think what I've seen is that a lot, there's a lot of activity going on in Latin America. I think Brazil is going to be one of the first areas for teammates that are going to have this in a larger scale come online. So everybody listening, like it's coming and it's all still happening. I think people keep asking, where, where are we stand on that? Sure. Br Brazil knows where we stand on it right now. Brazil right? is where we're well aware. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a team's background with the countdown that we change every day. Uh, so we're having fun with it. But yeah, Br Brazil is the, the first to go. It's been a challenge because we were working on this during COVID, right. uh, travel restrictions, but it's been a fantastic partnership with the Brazil business team. They still have day jobs, right? So this has been incredibly tough on them. As terms of, of what's coming next, we're working through the roadmap options right now. Um, I was really happy to hear Paolo say we will do it all in the, the town hall last week. So it's really just understanding which business is ready, right? If there's a, a lot of competing projects, if there's kind of strategic questions you know, in flight, that's not the right time for that business. And so, you know, even if I had a perfect roadmap, every time we get to the next one, we've got to reassess and make sure, hey, are we really going to be successful with the choice that we make next? What What have you learned, I guess, as you've come on to the project? Like, what are the big challenges that need to be moved that we're continuing to try to have to attack? 
that you don't just plug stuff in in IT. Um, <laughs> but I thought 10 minutes ago you said you just plug it uh, in. Uh, I still don't <laughs> understand why you can't just do that. But, um, you know, the, it's really, really complex. It, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to download TurboTax and it's really easy to set it up by putting in my information. These systems are highly customizable to our needs, which is both a benefit and a detriment, right? Like just because it can do all these customized things doesn't necessarily mean that you should, right? And that's where we're really trying to say, what is the leading practice in this area? Let's not do a ton of customization because it just makes things harder down the road. I'd say the biggest challenge really with Brazil has been geographical differences and ability to travel, you know, during COVID, language differences. You've got a team in the U.S. that's kind of de designing for Brazil. So that has been a challenge. This team hasn't ever done this before, you know, so the Accenture team is experienced, ours isn't. So there's definitely a ramp up in learning kind of how to perform these roles. Planning is, is critically important. So having really good planning from the beginning um, as you carry out the project. And then really taking the time to understand the business. The business really has to be enrolled from day one so that, you know, they're part of the team and not just, you know, having this done to them. Yeah, I think change management is a big part of that, yeah, right? absolutely. And going back to changing the way we work and getting people to understand that customization might not be the best answer and that sometimes you have to actually change your process to fit a more industry standard. Yeah. Well, we talk about modularity in certain aspects, but it drives efficiency, right, yep. where you can make it work. I think we talk about Everest or, you know, ERP is going beyond borders in the sense, but it's, it's still mainly America's is my understanding, right? Yes, correct. Tom, like cybersecurity, there's the whole global aspect, I think, that ties into larger Bridgestone as well. I guess, where does that fit into your day-to-day -day and interactions with the other regions of Bridgestone? Because we're all facing that huge challenge of protecting our data of our own data in internally to the regions, but also like how does Bridgestone approach it from the larger global perspective? Yeah. At some point last year, we decided to be overachievers and not just do West synergies, but actually lean into the all four sure. regions. It's a big wide world out yes, there. Yes, it is. And, and it really, I think we've had a couple of near misses and examples uh, as we went throughout last year that pointed to the fact that this is a this could very quickly become a global supply chain issue. So it's both been very exciting to venture forth into the global landscape and try to spread cybersecurity. It's uh, it's challenging certainly culturally to to work with different teams on different time zones and get everybody on the same page. It's also been a challenge because we experienced firsthand what it yeah. feels like. And so we have that sting still and some of the other regions haven't necessarily felt it. And so we've got great executive sponsorship from Paulo and Chris Nicastro and Taryn to push it globally as as far and as wide as we can. So we're making we're making great strides and we've got a great roadmap. And I'm happy to say an actual global budget to execute on in 2023. So brings it into the forefront, right? Yep. Yeah. What um I guess as as we start to wrap up a little bit, where can teammates find more information about cybersecurity or what will you and your team, what what are you asking of teammates, I guess, as we ask them to take accountability to some degree? Yeah. So every year in the industry, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, we are really trying to get a program off the ground to not just make it about October. It'll be Christmas every month, right? <laughs> um, and, and that to do that program, we really do want to personalize it. I, I feel like quoting random industry rags about these cyber attacks, it doesn't personalize it for the teammate. If we can put it into context of how does it impact 
somebody in shared services in Costa Rica? How does it impact somebody in LSCM and Lebanon? We have to make it real, and that's that's really our goal. So we do have a bridge page for sure, so to plug that. But I think um, we're going to work a lot with communications this year to make security awareness not just one time a year, but all year round. Yeah, and it, it's for reasons we never wish to have to. But we Bridgestone America's awards a special recognition is to this large multiple project team of different areas of the business that had to respond, react, kind of reinforce after the attack last year. I mean, we've seen the pictures of plant manufacturing teammates sleeping on air mattresses in their office for days because they could not leave. They're on call at all times. So don't click on stupid links, everybody, right? Is, is, is the message. Yeah. Be careful about who's texting you and who you're responding to. Like it's all happening out there for us to be smart about, right? It, it can come down to one person and one click, unfortunately. That's right. We're only as secure as our weakest link of people paying attention, right? Do you need a new job in security? I'm, you know, great... I try to message some things and help people out in that way. But I've clicked on some stupid links in my day, Tom. <laughs> let me tell you from personal experience. Oh, I know, Keith. <laughs> I'm on the list in <laughs> IT, right? This guy's clicking on random stuff. Bridie, what about you? Like, what what are you going to be asking of teammates? What should they be looking to get themselves prepared as we continue on this ERP journey? Uh, well, first and foremost, our bridge page is underway. So not mm -hmm. ready yet, but we will start publishing um, information on the project on the bridge. You know, this, this project is going to touch every teammate at some point. So the more they can learn about it um, as we go along, the better. And what I would really ask teammates to do is you know, really keep an open mind. Brazil's our first launch. It is, it will be a little bumpy, right? We haven't done this before, but even in the eight months I've been in this role, we have learned so much. And just the way the team is talking about how do we attack this better next time? How do we execute better? We want to get really, really good at this. So, you know, be patient. Uh, we will get to everybody, but it's a long journey. Um, this isn't a six month project, right? Each one takes, you know, 12, 12 to 18 months. But don't get a little nervous if, if we hear some noise from Brazil. We will continue to get better. Yeah. Well, it's all like you talk about the change management. You talk about changing mindset. We have that conversation. We try to always tie this stuff back to our larger messages, right? And part of the North Star that we've talked about is the cultural characteristics of being innovative and entrepreneurial and agile. I mean, we, we need people to take on these mindsets and asking them to do all of this change. I mean, we, you know, E8, it plays into, there's efficiency everywhere when we can make the systems better and it helps people in their day-to-day -day yeah. jobs. So helping people understand that, that's what I'll, happy to help message it as as we go, everybody. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and as, as you're doing your job and you've got that pain points and you're like, I yeah. wonder why we ever decided to do it like this. Like, write it <laughs> well, down. Well, it's the way it's always been done, <laughs> which is the best reason to do anything. <laughs> Yeah. So if you start writing those things down, like we've got a great starting point, you know, when we get to your business. Yeah. But it's it's really all about transforming the work our teammates do to make their lives better. Right. Mm -hmm. They can be more efficient. They can be more accurate and they can spend their time on a lot more fun activities. Right. It would be it would be easy to just stay static. Right. It would be the yeah. easy way out. But as a company, we're electing not to do that. And technology comes along with that. And so I think. Uh, along with Bridie's claim around we might break a few eggs along the way and people just have to bear with it and be agile, I would say the same thing for cybersecurity as well, that as we try to secure the company, we're going to get some things wrong and maybe have slight impacts, but people need to be open, receptive, and know that it's for the greater good. Yeah. Well, I, I think we talk about takeaways of evolving how we work, but I think 
for both of these areas, see something, say something now becomes a, a yep. part of play here as well. So, so uh, this, it, it really is, it's part of the journey and it's that exciting part of wanting to evolve, wanting to become more modern and dynamic. So thank you both for taking the time to share. Thanks for the, the work you're leading. And we look forward to seeing it all kind of continue to come to life. So Bridie, thank you. And Tom, thank you. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for having us. Hopefully, the takeaway here is that we all have a role to play when it comes to cybersecurity and the journey to streamline our ERP framework. But did you also come away with maybe the connection that ballerinas and ERP project team members have in common? Well, that would be that they both need to be flexible and agile. And that's all credit to Bridie for sharing the fun quip after, of course, we finished our recording. If you liked this chat, be sure to listen to some of our other conversations wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can also watch episodes on our Bridgestone America's YouTube page. Wherever you hear us or watch us, feel free to give us a rating or a review. Tell us how we're doing. And you can always send us a question, idea, or feedback via email at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Colley, telling you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.